Good morning, everybody. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Monsters Behind the Masks. A Carnevale Miniature Game Podcast, I am your host, my name is Dario, welcome back. Unfortunately, today I am not with Rance, because uh, Rance is uh, on a well-deserved holiday after uh, his great effort in producing uh, the course of the rent, a Carnevale fan-made sourcebook that I totally recommend you to have a look to, because it's great. Uh, you can find it uh, on um, the Carnavale Facebook page uh, under the download uh, or document section. I really don't remember where, but it's there and it's great and it's free if if it's if it matters and it always matters. Anyway, um, today is uh, I'm here to introduce you this special episode about uh, Venetian celebration events and festivities. Now. I decided to focus mostly on um, Venetian events and Venetian holidays that survived from the fall of the Serenissima and nowadays we celebrate uh, as we still we are still celebrating it's it's great it's something like a bridge from a, a very far away past up to up to nowadays um Probably I'm going to repeat something that I already told uh, during recording some episodes, uh, for example, about the Venetian uh, New, Year's, New Year's Eve or uh, yes, or something like that. But bear with me, I'm trying to make a little bit of a recap. The idea, general idea of this special episode actually was born when Renz and I were recording the Russia episode because, uh, you know, we have some technical issues when uh, when we recorded that episode and we had to cut many uh, interesting facts that we 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 wished to to tell you about but we we could we couldn't so here we are so let's start with this new special episode venetian celebrations Welcome, cari signori, welcome to the city of the unending Carnevale. Welcome to Venezia. But be aware, there are monsters behind the masks. <laughs> okay. Many, many holidays in Venice are concentrated between the spring and summer. Usually some, some of those actually is at the start of the fall and of summer, but we will cover this later. The first major holiday or celebration event, how can I say, that we find after, usually after Carnevale, that is the major event uh, historically if if I, if I can dare to say but i think that carnival is already well covered <laughs> no the, the it's the first of uh, the starting of the venetian year the traditional starting of venetian year it uh, was initially set on 25th of march uh, because on 25th of march uh, 421 is uh, the traditional foundation of Venice. To, in, the, in this year, 2021, we celebrate the 16th 
hundreds uh, birthday of Venice, okay, and uh, uh, didn't start living in the the place where Venice is now, but in many little islands. San Giacomo di Rialto was the first church of the town as we know it. Of course, <laughs> tradition and legends are usually a little bit far away from the truth because the church of San Giacomo di Rialto or San Giacometto, as uh, the Venetians call, call, call the ch this church. Uh, San Giacomo di Rialto actually is... Uh, 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 this, this date is traditionally set on 25 March because it's the consecration of the church of San Giacomo di Rialto that the popular belief wants to be the first church consecrated in Venice and who's uh, the true initial center of the city as we know it because the, set, the, settles in, the settlements in Venice actually started in the outer islands I mean, islands uh, um, closer to to the to the dryland, uh, for example, uh, Torcello or uh, Burano. In Torcello, for example, there are, there are some of the earlier settlements of the through uh, Venetian people. I can I say uh, there and um, another place where some settles were were, were found. Um, is the island of Malamocco. So initially the population of 12th century church, so it, it is impossible to have been founded in the 5th century. But, you know, legends and uh, traditions, they say so. So we can accept it with a, without any problem. The, 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 the true fact that remains true is that, that this town is crazy ancient. And... Uh, the legend around its foundation are always nice to to hear and to know you know an interesting fact that uh, about uh, the first day of the year is that as i said it was set initially on the 25th 25th of uh, march but it, it it wasn't so easy to start a new year in the middle of a month so venetian government decided to move this date to the first day of March, like like in ancient Rome, where the first day of March was the start of a new year, and Venetian government continued to use the old Julian calendar instead of the Gregorian calendar. So Venetian years are slightly shifted from the years as we know it, and from the years of uh, the, the way of counting years of many other countries that adopted the Gregorian way of uh, counting time. So in many Venetian inscriptions, like for example coins or uh, uh, paintings or documents, you find the, the dates written as, um, for example, 3rd of July uh, uh, 1635 MV. That means More Veneto. More Veneto means in the Venetian way, in the way of the Venetians. Because in this way, you can understand that they're referring to the Julian calendar, the way in which they counted the time at the time. Saint Mark wasn't the first uh, patron saint of the city. The first one was uh, San Teodoro, Saint Teodoro, or in Venetian, 
Todaro or Todaro, I don't know the exact pronunciation, until the relics of St. Mark were, were brought from uh, Egypt to, to Venice on the uh, 21st of January uh, of the year 828. Great celebration that we meet in spring is on the 25th of April. It's St. Mark, it's the patron saint of Venice. You know, Saint Mark, Saint Mark is uh, a cult deeply rooted into Vene the heart of Venetians. For example, the bell tower of uh, Saint Mark Cathedral in uh, Venice is uh, called El Paron de Casa. It means the landlord. It's a great sign of respect from Venetians to to the saint to the church that the, that uh, rep represents and commemorates. Uh, the the Saint Saint Mark was called the Translatio, the the bringing the the moving. <laughs> okay, the second one was the twenty fifth of April, uh, known as the Dies Natalis. Actually, it wasn't uh, nothing like Christmas because from the Latin word that means there were three days dedicated to the cult of St. Mark during the Serenissima. The first one, of course, is the 31st of January. It remembers the day uh, in which the, the relics arrived in Venice. And uh, it, they were brought, they were smuggled, actually, by a couple of merchants and uh, helped by Basilio, that was uh, their, their servant. It remembers the day... Uh, of the martyrdom of Saint Mark, so nothing with the the birth of the saint. The third uh, day dedicated to the cult of Saint Mark was the twenty fifth of June in Venzio, because uh, in the meantime uh, the relics of Saint Mark disappeared, and, and the, the tradition said on the, that on the twenty fifth of June uh, the relics of the saint were miraculously discovered. Uh, um, in uh, a column of the church, of the ancient church. So there were these three dates dedicated to the cult of the saints. Just a little interesting fact, in case you are here in Italy on the 20, 25th of uh, April. You know, um, in Italy, every city has just one day of holiday in which we commemorate the same patron of each city. Now, 25th of April is uh, the day of the liberation uh, of Italy from uh, fascism and Nazis. So uh, Venice cannot have the same date from the same patron from for for the patron Saint Patron in the same day in which another holiday lies. So uh, the um, Saint Patron of Venice. The, the holiday of St. Patron in Venice is moved to the 21st of November. That is the, the, the celebration of Madonna della Salute, to remember the day in which uh, Venice was freed from uh, one of the many plagues that were in the city during time. So 21st of November, Madonna della Salute, is the day dedicated to the to the saint patron it's like a, a little change but you know that's the, the the meaning is always the same to stay at home and to celebrate you know that part of the very of the very sentence uh, told by the angel 
is written on the book held by the lion, uh, Pax Tibi March Evangelist Emmaus. There are many legends about Saint Mark, but I really, a lot of them. There is one that I think is very curious about uh, the ring of Saint Mark that is depicted in a, a, a painting from uh, by Paris Bourdon. Anyway, it was February in uh, year 1340, and there was this huge storm, uh, and high tide managed to, to flood the entire city of Venice. Mm, there was this fisherman who was approached by a knight, a knight who told him uh, to bring uh, him to the island of San Giorgio Maggiore, the one in front of, uh, of St. Mark's Square. There, a second knight boarded the ship, and he told the fisherman to bring them to the island, uh, to San Nicolo, which is uh, now Venezia Lido, okay? And the fisherman was frightened, at, but he obeyed. There, at San Nicolo, a third knight came aboard, and they set sail together with the fisherman to the open water where a ship full of demons and devils were, were, was heading towards the, um, towards the city of Venice. And uh, then the, the three knights revealed themselves as Saint Mark, Saint, Mark, uh, Saint Nicolo and Saint George, who praised the God, who praised God to, um, to sink the, the ship full of devils and demons, and uh, the ship uh, was gone. Now, uh, Saint Mark gave his ring to the fisherman, saying that he had to, br he had to bring the ring to, to the doge. You know, uh, it's amazing for me to think how deep the connection between Venice and Saint Mark is. Mm, for example, even the flag itself of Venezia represents the saint. And by the way, you know why it's a winged lion, because there's a legend about it. It is said that when Saint Mark was traveling to Egypt to, come, to go there and convert pagans, uh, he had to find shelter from a storm in uh, the Venetian lagoon. And then he had a dream. Uh, a lion, a winged lion that was an angel, appeared in his dream, and, um, and it's, he said, Pax tibi marce evangelista meus, hic requiscente corpus tuum. Which means, in Latin, of course, may Pax be with you, uh, Mark, my evangelist. Here, your body will rest. The next morning, St. Mark told to the to fisherman who gave him shelter uh, about the dream, and then he set sail to, the, to Egypt when uh, he met his martyrdom. Now, this is uh, why uh, St. Mark is represented by this winged lion. To say, everybody, that the three saints save Venice from these, from these hellish creatures. Now, another curious tradition about the 20, 25th of April is the tradition of the blossom. If you walk Venice on the 25th of April, you will find that many people are wearing this red blossom, of a rose, actually. And... Um, there are a couple of, of uh, legends about it. The first one, probably the well-known, is um, to tell us about uh, Maria. Maria was the, do the daughter of uh, the doge Angelo Partecipazio. So we're, th we're talking about, uh, I, if I recall correctly, 9th, 10th century? I don't remember. But now, this girl was deeply in love with uh, the low-born Tancredi. Now, the doge would never approve a marriage of his daughter with uh, such a commoner. So the only possibility for
for Tancredi to, to, to have the permission to marry this girl was to leave Venice to fight the Moriscos in Spain under the lead of Orlando. And yes, the, the Orlando from the Chanson de Ronchisval. Unfortunately, Tancredi was mortally wounded. And with his last bit of strength, he was only able to pick a rose blossom red of his own blood and give it to his, to his friend Orlando to be brought back to Maria. When the girl received the blossom, of course, her heart was broken. And the, the day after, she was found dead, holding the flower, still uh, tainted by the, the blood of, of uh, his beloved one uh, on, in, uh, in, her, in her hands. And the garden stopped giving roses. Then, after the two branches of family, of the same family became two different families many, many years later, a boy and a girl, each one from one of the two, the two families, fell in love, uh, speaking uh, through the rose garden. When they finally, mm, when they finally married, and the families were united again, the rose garden started again flourish. And I love this legend. It's very sweet. It's it's nice. It's not a usual dark and gloomy. And a, and a frightening legend that you can uh, that you can hear from that times. There is another legend that I like. I like the most actually, because it's an happy one, luckily for us. That tells about Basilio. You know, Basilio was the servant of the two merchants that brought to Venice the remains of Saint Mark. And so the legend says that, that um, there was a rose garden close to the tomb of St. Mark in Venice. And this rose garden was gifted to Basilio to thank the man for his service for the city. Now, Basilio had two sons. But when uh, he died, the heritage passed to sons and they started fighting each other. Uh, the, the rose garden was the element that divided the two properties of each son. There is another great celebration that is not related to Saint Mark, but it's amazing. We we celebrate this even today. That uh, I'm talking about uh, the Festa della Senza. That is the Venetian way to say the um, the celebration of the Ascension, Feast of the Ascension. This is now the, one of the greatest celebrations in town. Uh, it's on Thursday, um, usually the, the fifth week after Easter. Mm, the origin of, the, of this, this celebration are rooted in two different historical facts. The first one, and, uh, we can date it back to the 9th of May uh, of uh, year 1000, when Doge Pietro II, uh, or Seolo, saved the people of Dalmatia from the Slavs pirates and established in, uh, in the meantime a strong grip on the high Adriatic Sea and so strengthening the grip of Venice on the northern Adriatic. The second historical fact that the people celebrate in, uh, celebrated actually with this, this uh, uh, Festa della Senza is the celebration of the Treaty of Venice between the Pope Alexander III and the Emperor Frederick II. They signed a peace treaty under the Doge, Sebast Doge Sebastiano Zani. And to cement the power of Venice, the Pope made the Doge a gift. 
the Pope gifted Doge a ring, his ring, and the right to marry the city of Venice, to the sea itself. And this was a huge celebration. The Doge used to, to leave Venice on board of his personal galley, the Bucintoro, who was unfortunately, the last one was unfortunately destroyed by Napoleon's soldiers uh, uh, when they took over the city in the, the end of 18th century. And it was a boat completely uh, plated in, with gold leaves. Then the Bucintoro was followed, followed by a parade of ships uh, from foreign dignitaries, uh, noblemen, uh, even common people had the right to follow the, the boat of the Doge. That, um, in, in a sort of a, of a parade, a procession. And so this procession sailed to the Lido of Venezia. And the apex of the celebration took place there. Lo sposalizio del mare, the marriage of the sea. The Doge poured into the sea a flask of holy water and tossing a golden ring, he said, De sposanus te, mare nostrum, insignum ven perpetuique domini. That means, we marry you, sea of us, in sign of true and endless domain. Then there was an holy mass, while gondoliers and uh, other boat drivers raced against each other, and then back to Venice, where a huge banquet took place. In this, in this banquet, the um, 100 Arsenalotti, that were the people who worked at the Arsenale of Venezia, the, 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 the main and only uh, ship, shipyard of the city, were invited among all the other high personalities of the Serenissima, common people with high nobles, because Arsenalotti were recognized as, as key to the power of, uh, of Venezia at the time. Then, starting from 14th century, there was a theory to Fiera della Sensa. And starting eight days prior to the ascension and lasting 15 days after in St. Mark's Square, Venice at the time was the center, was a center of gathering for pilgrims headed to the Holy Land so why not sell them some souvenir and uh, gifted a uh, gift so while waiting for the ships? This make always make me think how touristic Venice have, has always been, not only now, but tourism in Venice is dating back to, from to centuries ago. And now one of the biggest, probably the one, probably the biggest celebration at all in Venice. We're talking on the, about the third the Sunday of July. We are talking about the Festa del Redentore, La Notte Famosissima, the Feast of the Redeemer, the most famous night. In this holiday celebrates the end of the Black Plague of the 1575 to 1577, who killed, if I recall correctly, about one third of the total population of the city. We are talking about a city of 120,000 people. So you can imagine the sheer amounts of destruction and death that this black log brought to the city. And so the people were so grateful to God to have ended the plague that the celebration was established permanently on this date, this particular date.
the church of uh, Redentore in Judeca Island was commissioned to the famous architect Palladio. Uh, side note, if you come to Italy and if you come to see Venice, do me a favor. Venice is great, but take, take the car and, uh, or the train is the same. Go to Vicenza. Vicenza is not, not far away from Venice. It's about uh, 45 minutes, maybe one hour driving or by train. It's, it, it's very close. There, there are some of the most magnificent buildings that you can see in the, in, in the whole Veneto area. The, the Palladian villas, they are incredible. Noblemen want to, wanted to show their, um, their wealth, their richness, and so they committed to the, the best architects of the time. We're talking about seven, 17th to 17th century. They, they commissioned these, these amazing villas to these architects. And they, they are, many of those are still standing today and they are magnificent as they were at the time. So go to Vicenza. Vicenza is, is great. It's amazing. But now, back to the Festa del Redentore. It is a, a, a great celebration because traditionally a bridge made of boats were set between um, the area of uh, Zattere that is placed in Dorsoduro uh, to connect this area to the island of Giudecca, just in front of the Church of Redentore. We are doing that even today. It's no longer a, a bridge made of boats, but it's a mobile bridge, but it is placed to connect the, to physically connect the city to the the church of redentore across the channel of Jude of judeca because venetians the true people of venice they take their own boats and they go together to have a have dinner with their families on their boats all together and to see the um, the fireworks show that take place in front of saint mark's square on Saturday night. I, I really wish to to go to the Festa del Redentore once in my life. I've never been there, but I, I saw the videos, I saw they, they, they are even streaming the event, and it's great. The day after, usually um, some regattas take place uh, uh, between uh, gondolini, that are something like uh, racing gondolas, uh, gondole and other kind of Venetian traditional Venetian boats, so it's a great event, and it ends uh, with the, the Holy Mass at the Church of Redentore that closes this whole weekend uh, of uh, celebration and festivities. Another really big event that take, takes place in Venice. Uh, the first Sunday of September is the Regatta Storica, historical regatta. Now, regattas are, have always been a pivotal part of the, 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 the life in Venice because, you know, it's a city on the sea and uh, it's full of canals, so full of people that know how to row a boat properly. And we have evidence of the first regattas dating back to the 10th century, so they are quite ancient. And the first one was actually depicted in a picture of uh, 15th or 14th century. I don't remember at the moment. But the, they used to take place in open sea, not along the Canal Grande. Because it's uh, something like uh, you have to close 
your biggest and actually only motorway to use is use it as a racetrack? No, it's not possible. However, now Regatta Storica is um, is a sort of uh, wishes to remember the the historical fact of Caterina Cornaro, Queen of Cyprus, that in 1489 uh, gave the the reign of Cyprus to to Venice, and so now to nowadays. Um, there, there is a, a big parade of, uh, of, of, of boats without competitive spirit. Because, you know, to, to help people remember how to properly travel into the Lagoon of Venice. And this is the, the, when uh, Vogalonga was born. We are talking about 1974, if I recall correctly. And uh, as I said, it's a, a 30 kilometers racetrack. It's non, a non-competitive uh, uh, race. Mm, yes, the first the, 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 the first three boats arriving, uh, they, they got a prize, but usually it's just um, a, a great event, a great celebration that goes from uh, Piazza San Marco to the Ponte della Costituzione, that one of the, the, the Canal Grande, uh, Gran Can- Canal Grande, close to the, the, the railway station, and then back to Piazza San Marco, where there's the arrival of the, the, of the regatta itself. It's, it's a great event. Uh, we have got two, two sides of the event because we've got the historical uh, reenactment and the regattas. It's, it's very beautiful. It's very colorful and is rich of uh, history, rich of beautiness because they, they, they use uh, historical boats, um, reconstructed boats, it's great. It's really great. But there is another regatta that really has a place in my heart. I'm talking about Vogalonga. Vogalonga is not an ancient tradition. Actually, it's very recent because it was born in, in the mid of the 70s. Mm, you know, Venetia started to realize that motorboats were literally eroding the fabric of the city because propellers, the whole track of this of this Vogalonga starts from the from Venice to and then it goes to Murano, Burano, that is quite far away, and then back to Venice. We are talking about 30 kilometers. So rowing for 30 kilometers is not that easy. It's quite demanding. And uh, it's really interesting, in my opinion. Reenactment actually damaged the canals, uh, the, the bottom of the canals themselves. Itself. So remember the ancient way of, of doing the, these things. Mm, a group of people started to think about uh, um, an amateurish regatta, very long, actually, because we're talking about the 30 kilometers. They started to realize that probably used the canals in the way they were meant to be used, so by robots, was a better way to to use to use the canals of Venice, and uh, to help people as usual check VeniceByRentLight.com, the best source uh, for Carnevale resources. Uh, we got a very useful wiki. Check TT Combat web store and website, the official uh, Carnevale website. And um, hey guys, catch you next time. Arrivederci, a Venezia.
Okay, guys. Now we are at the end of this little special episode. Next time we'll um, we'll we'll cut we'll catch up with you. Uh, probably we'll be with Rens, uh, and uh, we are going back to the regular schedule of uh, Monsters Behind the Masks, um, talking about the game itself. So, as usual, thank you for listening. I really hope to have uh, sparkled, sparkled a little bit of interest about this kind of tradition and this kind of events, and I really hope that these, these celebrations are going to, to take place in the usual way without COVID restriction, of course. Book in advance because they are really crowded. In particular, Redentore and the Regattas are... Oh, my God. <laughs> so many people. And I really wish to um, give you a little bit of interest to come over and uh, visit Venice during this celebration. 